What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Thank you so much for joining us for the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071, also streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I am Miss Shannon, and today on the Red Hot Real Estate Show, we have our amazing mortgage expert and puzzle, puzzle solver, Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans. Hello, Phil. Yo. As we have some great information that we're going to cover today today about investment properties but before we get to any of the information let's get some of that um those nmls numbers out there get rid of the boring information first yes Mm -hmm. so nmls 238-103 branch nmls 928-8590 company nmls one five zero nine five three. Yes, our mortgage puzzle solver, Mr. Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans. And today we are talking about investment properties because that is a great way for people to rise up. Correct? Exactly. It is it's one of the best ways to become a millionaire. And if you take a look at the statistics out there, eighty percent of those who became millionaires did it through investing by purchasing properties, be it a single family, duplex, triplex, quad. Even a second home is a is an Airbnb, believe it or not. Right. And so we are encouraging people to call in if you have some questions on how you can get into this uh, whole investing properties thing. We're going to give you some tips and tricks. We'll give you some pros and some cons. And we also are for every caller that calls into our show between now and next year, correct? I'm going to do this for the full year. This is fantastic. So for everyone who calls into the Red Hot Real Estate Show and talks to Phil, he is going to donate $25 to the American Cancer Society. Thank you so much for doing that, Phil. So I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do it. I've lost a very dear loved one of mm-hmm. over 20 years. And... Uh, Cancer took her to her knees in six months. This is a wonderful way for you to honor her memory and also help some people here in the Twin Cities actually get some information. And I think that's also great about talking to you and what we also cover here on the Red Hot Real Estate Show is that a lot of times you go from a position of, You've already answered the question incorrectly. You go, I can't do it. And you can't, that's all you know is why you couldn't be a person who does an investment property, why you can't be a person that gets a mortgage or a home because you only think about the negatives in your life. And that's what's great about having you on the show is you can go, no, there are lots of ways to solve this and to put things together so you can be in the I can and I did part of the world. I, I would totally agree with you with one thing being said. Mm-hmm. All right. If you're going to purchase a home to become an investor, right, need to understand that it's another job, right? Okay, and if you really don't have a good handle on numbers mm-hmm. and understanding properties and location, it might be something you don't want to get into. Because okay. I've, I believe it or not, I have seen people uh, who've gone into that specific field. And, and lost a lot of money. Okay. Because they didn't have the skill sets necessary or they didn't have the people around them to advise them accordingly. And, you know, one of the biggest keys when you're going to buy an investment property is it has nothing to do with the property itself. Okay. I don't care how nice it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. I really don't. My question is, does it cash flow? Right. Are you in a location that if you lose a renter, it's a high demand area? So you can fill that that unit again. You can fill that spot quickly. Uh, 
what I, what is the rents that you would receive in a specific area? Because if you take a look at the rental market across the Twin Cities, specific cities are higher than others and lower in other areas. Right. And then last but not least, is the property going to be a cash pit mm-hmm. over time? Okay. Over time. Because if your maintenance costs overcome your rental income, then you're not making money. Right. You know, and, and, and being an investor or buying a townhome, a condo, there's there's a lot of pros and cons that we're going to talk about today. And there's pros and cons in being a, an investor. Right. And and the keys in being an investor is you have to be savvy. Yes. You really do. And, you know, one of the one of the helpful things is, is because I I speak from I've done it before. I've been in the uh, been in this market, been in this field for almost 18 years now. I've owned multiple rental properties. And I'm, I frequently will sit down with clients who've never been in this field before, and they can ask me a lot of questions. Right. And I'm going to tell them the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm mm-hmm. not just going to be that guy that says, yeah, go do it. Yeah. No. For some people, I will actually tell them, I don't think this is something you want to get into. Right. And we are going to get some very specific information about that, help give you all of those those pros and cons. And we're also going to take your phone calls again. If you call in today through the rest of year, the rest of the year and next year, Phil is going to very kindly donate $25 to the American Cancer Society. So before we get into talking about investment properties, what's going on in general in our mortgage world There's right now? There's some big things that have just happened. Okay. Okay. For one, conventional loan limits. What mm-hmm. does that mean? That means what is the highest loan amount you can have on a conventional loan before it would flip to a jumbo home loan? Okay. Now, what's the difference between a jumbo? You have much tighter underwriting requirements. Okay. Whereas a conventional, if you run it through the underwriting engine through Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, which all loan officers, most loan officers have access to, Mm -hmm. you'll get a decision automatically via your computer screen yes it will approve no it won't okay well that amount has gone up to 510,400 okay so what does that mean for as little as 3% down okay and as long as your loan limit is less than 510,400 you could buy a property a higher end property in Minnesota or Wisconsin okay Next, VA loan limits. Okay. VA loan limits used to be capped at around about 600000 Well, they've mm-hmm. gone up to $1 million. Really? So for those veterans that want to buy a high-end home, they could do it for 100% financing. And oh, by the way, there's no mortgage insurance. Oh, wonderful and you get the, for them. And you get mm-hmm. the guaranteed very, very low rate. So for those maybe colonels out there, generals out there, those retirees mm-hmm. that have a high income, Maybe looking at a VA home loan now again might be a better choice than going conventional. Right. Next, FHA loan limits on duplexes. Okay. All right. And I know that's kind of dear to your heart. Yes. I've been trying to figure out how to be one of those people. Okay. Bill, we're not going to lie. So. 424800 with only 3.5% down. Okay. All so, right. So, so how does that kind of play out? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can have one side rented. Your mortgage payment, let's say, is $2,400 a month. But let's say you get $1,800 a month in rent yeah. from the other renter. How much is your mortgage payment, Miss Shannon? Oh, don't ask me to do math. I'm an English six, major. Six, there we go. Bucks. That's why I keep you around. It's like to, to right. do the math for me. All right. Let's talk a little bit about DACA. Okay, okay. What's DACA again? DACA is a program. It's called the Deferred Action for Foreign Borrowers. And 
over the last, I would say, three years, DACA recipients, those are those that came to the United States, didn't have uh, the correct paperwork and have been living here. They used to be able to buy homes. Right. That recently now changed. Okay. So for those that don't have U.S. citizenship and are considered a DACA recipient, Mm -hmm. they can now qualify for home loans. Oh, okay. All right. And then, of course... Freddie Mac had to come out with a great program for those people that are totally green out there. Yes. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. They're introducing what's called a no cash out refinance option to pay off outstanding debt that was incurred by making your home energy and water efficient. So the people that spent a lot of time getting the proper windows, deciding if they were going to do the solar paneling, changing their water filter systems and things in their home? Correct. Okay. So instead of it being a cash-out refinance, Mm -hmm. let's say we did $50,000 in home improvements to the home. Right. And and it's considered green material, all right? You can now just add that $60,000 to your loan amount, and it would be considered a rate-and-term refinance at a much lower interest rate. And you know we've talked about on other shows that your cash out refinance is almost a half a percent right. higher. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a way to be able to basically pay those things off. And do a, do something that's not only good for the environment, but Correct. there might be some good ways that you wanted to make some improvements on your home as well. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So kind of uh, the talk of the show is, is rising up. Right. Okay. We've talked about that before. Rising up. What does that really mean? Go from being that renter mm-hmm. into a home own something, have equity, and and there's really no better time to do it because rates are historically low. Right. I'm just closing a loan right now on a 15-year fixed at 3.125%. Wow. That's that's a super low rate. Mm -hmm. Housing prices are going down right now. Which we weren't necessarily expecting. We were always saying that we don't have a crystal ball and couldn't really decide how things were going to go. But that's common in Minnesota okay. in winter. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a little softness in the market. The average buyer of a home will get 27% more living space than if they rented. Okay. So if you're in that one bedroom, one bath, and you're paying $1,100 a month, okay, you're going to have like one additional room or one and a half additional rooms by owning that home. Right. Rents are going up. We've Which seen, have been happening. Last am I, am I right or wrong? Yeah. Nope. You're correct. Okay. You're correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I may ask, how much has your rent risen? Oh, mine's all, I've been very fortunate. Mine's only gone up a hundred dollars, okay. but it's gone up still. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. The average homeowner will save on average ten thousand dollars more annually in their pocket through home ownership. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, the the fear that oh my gosh, it's really tough to get a mortgage that that should be dispelled. It's getting easier. It doesn't mean that common sense is not in play. It doesn't mean that guidelines don't come into play. But there's so many different programs out there that I can use to help homeowners get into a home with less documentation. Matter of fact, most loans don't even require a tax return now. Really? Yeah. Well, we need to cover some more of that information and also encourage people to be part of the show and tell them how they can rise up when we get back. Exactly. All right. If you want to be part of the show, the number again is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 101. My, my 
MyTalk 1071, also streaming at MyTalk1071.com. In studio with me from Amec Home Loans, Mr. Phil Olson, talking about how you can rise up. And there's lots of ways that investing in real estate helps you with that. I mean, not only having it be just where you're living and how you get more space and being able to increase the value other than renting, but mm-hmm. there's also lots of ways that you can do it as an investment strategy as well. So rising up happens all across the board if you get into the real estate market, right? Well, I think it, rising up is, is should be part of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know the things about townhomes and condos, let, let's first off talk about a property description, okay? okay? Because people will look at a condo and they'll go, oh, it's a townhome. Right. Okay? No, that's not the case. You have to understand the differences between a townhome and a condo. So okay. what is it? A townhome, your legal description will have a lot and block number. Okay. okay. Whereas a condo will have what's called a CIC number. What's that? That is what's called a common interest community. Okay. Now, you can look at a townhome and it's a condo, or you could look at a condo and it's really a townhome. Is there really a difference? No, there's really not a difference, but it can make a difference towards mortgage financing. Okay. Which is very, very minimal. So, what are the pros to buying a townhome or condo? Well, for those that don't want no maintenance, right. there's no maintenance. Mm-hmm. You got a lower price point. Normally, now guess what? I know of high rises in downtown Minneapolis that will go for five, six hundred thousand. Right. Very much so, yes. Then again, I know a lot of townhomes out there that will go between, say, one sixty and two forty here in the Twin Cities. Okay. So for those that have a lesser income, that might be the appropriate play to make to get into home ownership. Okay. Lower homeowners insurance with a townhome or condo, you're not paying a full premium homeowners insurance policy that could run you between 100 to 150 a month. Is that partially because there'll be a blanket policy for the community? Correct. Okay. Because the blanket policy covers the outside of the dwelling. So you're going to end up getting what's called an HO6 policy. Okay. You get that through your insurance uh, provider. And what that actually entails is that will insure the inside of the dwelling. So it's a little closer to like when uh, we're renting to get renter's insurance. Renter's insurance. Mm -hmm. So it averages about $30 a month. All right, more free time. For those that don't want to be spending a lot of time with maintenance and yes. they want to be walking, you don't want to mow, you don't, don't, don't yeah. do mm-hmm. those types of things, that's not there. Additional resi- residual income. Okay. They're at a lesser price point. Mm-hmm. So it will take up less of your discretionary income. Right. Duplex rental income can be used for qualifying income. Okay. Oh, what does that mean? We t- kind of talked about that. A little bit, right. Mm-hmm. But if you buy a duplex and one side is already rented out, okay, you've already got a renter in there, you can use that income to help qualify you for the purchase of that home. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right. Townhomes and condos as investment property cash flow. I would caution those out there that want to get into townhome and condos as investment properties. Okay, why is that? Why is that? In a housing market downturn, mm-hmm. townhomes and condos normally get hit the hardest Okay. in property depreciation. Oh, Why is okay. that? Let's say you've got a 50-unit townhome area. When an appraiser appraises townhome and condos, they have to appraise within the development. Okay. So what happens if you have four or five foreclosures 
and they've been sold at a lesser price. Okay. Okay. You could actually lose money on those types of things. Because now it's comparing to what happened closest to that, and so a number of them had problems. Correct. You can't go to another townhome development three miles away when you've got sales already in your specific development. Gotcha. All right? But then if you're in a neighborhood that has a house, the likelihood of four or five houses on the block all getting foreclosed, you're saying, is probably less likely? An appraiser can go with a much wider, broad circle when appraising single-family homes okay. than they can with a condo, all right, mm-hmm. or a townhome. Okay. Retirees, single moms and dads with kids, it's a great fit for those people because the amount of time that they want to be able to spend with their children more so than spend doing maintenance exactly. on a home or taking care of the yard mm-hmm. and those types of things, okay? So what do we need to know about purchasing these types of properties, Okay. Because they are specific. They're okay. different than a single family home. So I have a different list of things that I should be asking about. Absolutely. Okay. And and you need to read the fine print. Okay. Believe it or not. Is there an association fee? How much is the association fee? When was the last time the association fee was raised? Okay. All right. How financially well off is the association? Okay. Now, guess what? That could be a bad thing for you. If it's doing poorly? If it's doing poorly. All right. Because guess what? If the association is doing poorly or they don't have enough money in their reserves and they need to replace all the roofs of all the properties Mm -hmm. because they're falling apart. Well, guess what? That assessment's going to get passed on. To the consumer, to everybody in the community. And guess what? It can compound if we have a bunch of clients or consumers that then go into foreclosure because then there's that much less revenue that's being taken. All right. What is the average fee here in the Twin Cities? It's about $150 to $450 a month. Okay. You should ask yourself the question, what am I getting for that? Right. Like, are there utilities? Is that trash and water? Correct. Okay. Read the covenant. The covenant is kind of like a book mm-hmm. or rules of the association. Right. All right. What are the restrictions? All right. Um, I would ask the question, are kids allowed? Mm-hmm. Are animals allowed? What are the sizes of the animals? Those are all things you need to understand. Because sometimes you think, hey, I'm buying it. I can do what I want. And often in these kind of scenarios, you can't. You can't have... You know, sometimes it's even you can't have this color blinds in the window yeah, from the well, outside. What happens when you roll out the uh, roll out? It is your your stove, not your stove, your grill, but your grill yeah. out on the can deck. Can you do that? Yeah. Can you maybe do that? Not. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. And for that person that likes to barbecue all the time, they might go. No, there's a some ordinance that says you can't use it because you correct. might burn down the community. So. Correct. What type of financing is available? Okay. You need to be careful about that. Okay, because FHA. There are specific rules within an FHA loan that says there can be no more than 25% investors in the association. Oh, And what happens if you're right at the 25% and all of a sudden they decide to let the FHA number that's on their community lapse? Well, guess what? Now you can't even, can't sell it to somebody with an FHA loan or Mm -hmm. a government loan. All right. Who's monitoring the association? 
be careful of the associations that are being monitored by individuals within the association. Oh, really? Why is that? Well, if they're really not very good with numbers. Okay. Okay, that could cause a problem. All right. And, of course, are the utilities included in the association? And sometimes it's bits and pieces where it's like we cover this, but then you still have to cover this on your own. Correct. Okay. Correct. So some of the cons of a townhome. Mm -hmm. Is there an active lawsuit against the association? What kind of lawsuits normally pop up, Phil? They're normally lawsuits that are against, let's say, ABC Mechanical that did work on the association. And they, the work they did wasn't good, mm-hmm. and now the association is actually suing them. When an association is in an active lawsuit, it makes it very difficult to finance that property because okay. lenders do not want to, it is allow you to buy a property with a, with a, a pending lawsuit out there, and let's suppose the association loses, and they're owed 300000 Right. And they're fighting for their three hundred grand. Matter of fact, we had uh, a townhome complex in Woodbury, that had uh, a lawsuit, and I think it lasted two or three years, those properties were virtually impossible to finance. Wow. So what happens if you want to sell? You can't because you can't get the financing? Oh, Oh, my gosh. You want to sell, and you can't buy. Mm. Well, Phil, we are going to have to go to break, but we're going to cover some more cons of townhome and condo investing, right, when we get back? Absolutely. We'll also take your call. Remember, if you're part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show, Phil's going to generously donate $25 to the American Cancer Society. That phone number again is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon in studio today with Phil Olson. He's been giving you some tips and tricks on the and also some pros and cons of what it's like to invest in a townhouse, a condo, or a duplex. So thank you very much for all this information. Could even be a triplex, a quad as yeah, well. Yeah, so we're yeah. gonna get back to that with Phil. But before we do that, Phil, we would like you to share your story of the month. All right. Story of the month. Met clients here approximately two months ago. They wanted to buy a quad. What is a quad? It is a four unit apartment complex. Okay. Okay. And I put together the financing for them. They ran the numbers Mm -hmm. and all four units were currently rented out. Okay. And their mortgage payment, I think, is about, oh, $3,000 a month. Okay. And they're collecting $6,200 a month in rent. They are cash flowing $3,200 a month. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. And they put 25% down. Oh, so they they were ready for this. They were ready for this. They They had been preparing to get this kind of investment property. Correct. Okay. So when you're working with somebody like that, if we are, are, you know, as we're moving back into what we're talking about with these duplexes, and I know that there's still some pros and cons, but if I am looking at it as a potential investor, Mm -hmm. let's say I know that this is the uh, concept that I want to be working towards. Usually, how far in advance should I start talking to you, Phil, about this is the kind of property I want to start doing, start running my numbers so I can prepare? 
You want to know something? That's a great question. Okay. I'm, I'm actually going to go to the last page of my notes okay. here. Okay. So sorry to take you no, a little that, out of no, order, but okay. I feel but like it might be good to go foundationally. How do I help you help me by preparing? I'm, I'm going to tell you that person should actually be starting almost two years out. Okay. That's a good answer. Okay. I like out. that. Mm-hmm. All right. They should meet with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you my tips for owning an investment property. Right. And if you've never owned one, or maybe you do own one, mm-hmm. but you're not being very successful. Fair enough. I would recommend that you listen to my following tips because these are the tips that I developed myself. Okay. Keep your fingers on the property. Yes. As a first time home investor, your property should be close mm-hmm. to your home. Mm-hmm. You should be visiting that property at least once every two weeks. Okay. Drive by. Yep. Okay. Guess what? If it looks great outside, it probably looks great inside. Okay. If it looks not so good outside, there's probably I'm, a problem. Uh, there, there's probably a problem. Okay. All right. Write into your lease agreement a visitation clause, mandatory okay. visitation clause for every six months with a two week notice. Okay. Okay. All right. Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. You got two weeks. Give me a date and time. I can do a walkthrough. Mm-hmm. How long is your walkthrough? Shouldn't be any more than for maybe 15 minutes. Fair enough. See how they're taking care of the property. Mm hmm. Buy single-family duplexes, tries, and quads. They are a much better investment than a condo or a townhome, and they have far less risk. Okay. All All right. right. Okay. Buy in a desirable location. Mm -hmm. It's no different than starting a business. It's all about location, location, location. Right. So if Uh, you can do your due diligence where you end up in a school district and there's parks and they're safe and we've talked about things being well lit. Are the schools good? Do you have Mm -hmm. great demographics around you? Mm -hmm. Is the property on a bus line if you're going to be in the Minneapolis, uh, St. Paul area? Those are things you want to look at. Have a great real estate lawyer and okay. maintenance person. Right. If you can't do the maintenance, you better find somebody that can. Mm-hmm. And I recommend that you talk to a couple yes. to find out because the cost is going to eat into your, your, profits. your profits. Mm-hmm. You need to have a good real estate lawyer that understands the eviction process. What do you have to do? What are the things you have to do as a landlord? Because guess what? There are specific rules and regulations as a landlord. You don't follow them. Right. You can get in a lot of trouble. Okay. All right. Build a network of skilled workers around you. Mm -hmm. That means you should have two or three HVAC people, two or three plumbers around you. You need to have two or three handymen around you because if you're not going to do the work, you better get somebody that can do the work and they better be able to do it at a reasonable price. And I also think just because of the people that I've worked with in this before, even if you are quote unquote handy, it probably is in your best interest to have some resources that can you can default to as well. Correct. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, is those resources, it's really important when we talk about scale. Mm-hmm. All right. If you've got a person that's in the plumbing field that has the ability to buy materials at a much cheaper cost. Right. Well, guess what? That's that much more profit you're retaining. Mm-hmm. All right. Next, understand the property you're going to buy. Okay. And what are the maintenance requirements of this property? What are your potential maintenance costs in the future? And if there's anything that you say is bad on the home, well, what else is bad? Okay. A good example. It's mold. Mm. Oh, Mm -hmm. Guess what? 
It's only mold on the wall. Well, guess what? It's only mold on the wall until you, until you take the sheetrock off. And then you see and, it's and, mold and in the wall. Mold in the wall, right. which means you're knocking down walls. Mm-hmm. And that's really important when it comes to flipping homes. Mm-hmm. Okay? I've flipped homes. Right. You need to know all your costs up front. And then you need to ask yourself the realistic question. One, how quickly can I turn it? Yes. Why Why is that important? Well, every month I hold it, I'm pay, making another mortgage payment. Right. right. Next. How much is the total cost to repair the property? Okay. And then last but not least, because you like the property so much and you fell in love with the property, you think it's worth three hundred and fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. Mistake. <laughs> Mistake. What will it appraise for? Right. It only appraises for two eighty. I bought it for two twenty. I su- stuck sixty into it, and by the time I sell it, guess what? You lost money. Right. So, due diligence in being an investor is extremely important. For those that are not financially savvy, mm-hmm. if you're not a numbers person, you can't put together spreadsheets, you don't know costs, you don't know a lot about real estate, there's a lot of classes you can go to to learn about this stuff. Right. There's even, you know, uh, Flipping Homes 101 books you can get. Get educated. Right. Okay. Don't just blunder into it because you saw, you know, a a really cool reality show. And you're like, I could do that. Last but not least, if you're going to be a long-term and savvy investor, you should be rolling your property into what's called an LLC. Okay. Why is that? Because it gives you more protection? Does give you protection. Mm -hmm. Okay. And every property should be put in its separate LLC. Okay. Meaning you get sued on one of your properties for a million dollars. All right. Well, you're protected under that property, under that one LLC. Let's suppose I own $9 million in properties. Right. Well, now they can go after the other properties if they oh. you didn't put that property into an LLC. It doesn't cost a lot of money to do that. Right. Now, understand when you sell a property, you have to take it out of the LLC. Okay. Because you, it's in your name. Okay. Okay, so you then take it out of the LLC. You can refinance it, take it out of the LLC, refinance it, then put it back into the LLC. And this seems like great information. Again, you were saying if you start like two years out, you have time to really educate yourself on the process, learn all the skills, cre- you know, create this network of, of support systems that'll help you Correct. be an easier, have it be an easier business for you because you had time to actually get the network that you need to do this successfully. If, if you're going to make money in this business, you have to be well educated mm-hmm. and, and you always have to ask the question, what if? Okay. If you're right. not if you're not asking the what if question, if when you're doing your lease agreement, mm-hmm. for those that write up their own lease agreements, I would strongly encourage they have it read by somebody that that understands this. Right. Because if it isn't in the lease, handshake deals and he said, she said doesn't go anywhere. It's right. going to all come down to when you end up having a court action and you're before a judge or it is a mitigator that's going to go, but it, it it's not in the lease. Right. All right. And people go, well, what can I put in the lease? Guess what? You can put whatever, whatever you want in a lease mm-hmm. as long as it's legal. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and I would tell you your lease is really your Bible. Right. Make sure it's tight. It should talk about everything. And those that are going to buy a property, and I've ran across this a couple times now for family members, Mm -hmm. and they're going to have their family member move in, or they're going to buy a house for their family member. I strongly encourage 
a legal document. Okay. I cannot tell you the number of arguments that I've I've received mm-hmm. from clients that their son is no longer making the payment. And, okay, the daughter isn't doing what she's supposed to be doing. It needs to be spelled out. Right. I tell people, let's take the emotion out of the transaction. It's a business transaction. Right. Even if it's with your relatives, because guess what? If you treat it as a business transaction, there's no arguments. What and is, it's safer for both of you if you really have to look at it, it that way. It protects the family mm-hmm. by doing that. Right. All right. So those are really my tips for owning. It's an investment property. Right. Now, what are the things that you need to know as far as how to finance it? Mm, there, I th- think we need to hit all of those when we come back, Phil, because we have great. lots of things to talk about how to finance. We've given you the information and the background on whether this is the right thing for you to do, how Phil can give you some more tips on making sure that you are set up for success if you decide that you're going to start investing in properties. And now we're going to tell you how to finance it. And remember, you can call and be part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Talk to my friend Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans. The number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on MyTalk 1071 and streaming at MyTalk1071.com. Make sure that you always use the keyword Red Hot. You can find this information. And Phil, what's your uh, number again so people can get a hold of you? We'll give it out again at the end of the show. Best number is always my cell, 651-238-6748. Or you can email me at phil at call philolson.com. And I've pestered you before. You always have an answer. You always figure it out and you help people come up with a good plan so they're not just sitting there figuring it out on their own. I'm not going to always say that I have the answer, but I can normally dwell into my library of, of knowledge mm-hmm. and normally relate it to a story and or a situation. And, and if I can't do that, then guess what? I'm picking up the books yeah. or I'm calling people and I've got a host of people I can call at a moment's notice and they'll even answer on a Saturday or Sunday and they'll go, Phil, you're right. Or they might say, Phil, you're wrong. Right. So at least you have an answer. Yeah. You know, and Phil, we just went on the last break. We were talking about basically the planning process and how you can determine what is involved, just giving people full disclosure on a lot of what's involved, you know, when you start owning investment properties and how we can set people up for success. So with that information in mind, is, do you think this is a good time for people to start looking at investment properties? You want to know something? It's always a great time to be looking at investment properties. Okay. Specifically, if when you look at your investment portfolio, you don't, you're not holding any real estate in it. Right. All right. The, the, you know, the thing is, we've talked about it. You don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. Correct. But it comes down to, are you getting a good buy? Mm-hmm. Are you buying it at the right price? Right. Are you overpaying for it? What are the rents? What will your cash flow be? What are your costs? It all it all comes down, and you guys always say, "Well, Phil, you're the numbers guy." Well, yes. In in this, I I love this part of the business, and I've been in this part of the business. It's really all about the numbers, and the numbers are important yeah. to be able to decide if this is it's because it does seem like it's it does take it to that next level. Which normally, when you're advising our potential home buyers, it's are you going to be what we would call that that house poor? Is this going to take all of your resources to just be able to stay in this house? And then you seem very honest with your clients about this is a good property for you, or maybe you're overextending yourself mm-hmm. or trying to make sure that they are in a comfortable but also successful position to have a home. Great example. Mm-hmm. I was talking to it is uh, I think it was a a woman here maybe a year ago, mm-hmm. and she wanted to buy a duplex. Yes. All right, and yes, she did qualify. 
but she had no reserves. Right. None. Mm-hmm. She was literally going to be broke going into this home. Right. And then I posed the following questions. All right, so let's suppose we lose our renter. Then what? Mm-hmm. How about the heater goes out or the roof needs to be fixed? Where is that money going to come from? Right. You know, people can say, I want to do this because I'm going to make money. But guess what? In order to make money, you have to have money. Right. You got to be careful. Mm-hmm. You know? And unfortunately, she said in the end, you want to know something, Phil? What you're telling me makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think it's better that I wait. Right. To do that type of investing in the future. Mm -hmm. Because you want to do this and you don't want to miss out on opportunity, but you also don't want to do it to the detriment of what your current situation is, Mm -hmm. right? Correct. So it's so that goes back to what you were saying in the last break that sometimes it does mean what's the strategy for me to be able to successfully do this two years out. So if we're going, okay, the process is we're going to start talking to to our good friend Phil Olson now. Mm -hmm. We're going to get some numbers together. We're going to start looking at the financing and those things. What kind of information do I need to provide or to look at and what kind of financing is available if I'm going to do some investments? Well, let's just talk strictly on the investment side as you as an investor. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're looking at 20 to 25% down. Okay. Okay. Now, if you're going to move into the property, that's a different scenario. Okay. Okay. But if we're going to buy it just as an investment, you want to put you want to put at least 20 to 25% down. Okay. My golden rule is you want to put 25% down because you're going to get a much lower interest rate and you're not going to pay a lot of points. Okay. If you put 20% down, you're going to pay points. What does that mean? Your closing costs okay. are going to dramatically go up. Mm-hmm. Credit scores, you want them to be above a 680. Okay. Doesn't mean you can't buy an investment, but your rate is going to be brutal at a 660. Okay. Preferably, you want to be above 700. 740 is even better yet. All right. Total of six months PITI. What does that mean? I own a property. My mortgage payment's $2,000. Right. My new property that I'm going to buy is going to be $1,500 a month. Right. $1,500 times six is what? All right. That's $9,000. Okay. I have to have $9,000 in reserves when I close my loan Mm -hmm. in case of something going bad. Okay. But now I also have to have two months reserves on my primary residence. Two times two is four. So nine nine plus four is 13. I have to have $13,000 in reserves. Okay. Now, for those that are getting into the investment world, normally we can just get a a 401k statement. Okay. All right. Or an IRA statement. Doesn't mean they have to cash it in, but we have to show that you have reserves in in case something something goes bad. Okay. All right. How about it is up to 10 properties can be financed. So for those professional investors that own more than 10 homes, I'm sorry to say you're now a commercial investor. That requires commercial financing. Okay. Okay. When you own investment properties, your tax returns are going to be viewed. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. I buy one investment property, but when I do my taxes, I show a loss. Okay. Well, if I show a loss... Major, maybe I made major improvements on the property, and now I have a negative cash flow of $10,000, which I've seen, mm-hmm. and I want to buy another investment property. I have to hit that consumer with that $1,000 a month, per se, yes. negative cash flow against their income, which may not allow them to 
buy another property. So this goes back to just the base re, uh, reasoning where you're saying why it does. You do need to have a team. So you need to not only understand it, but you need to be able to really process all of this information and all these numbers when people report back to you. For those savvy investors, they're going to have a great tax accountant. Right. They're going to have a real estate lawyer. They're going to have a great team of handy people around them that mm-hmm. can fix things or they do it themselves. Right. All right. And then they have to understand the numbers extremely well. Mm-hmm. And if they do that, they can be successful. Well, briefly, if you are starting out as a fledgling person, you said that it was different if you were going to move into the property. Mm-hmm. So can we just kind of summarize what it would be like if you planned on moving into like the, the rental property for a while? If you're going to move into the rental property, you want to move into it at least for a period of two to three years. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, dependent on the loan program that's used, you can sometimes use the rental income from that renter that's currently in the property. Okay. But that doesn't mean you get away from my tips that I gave. Mm -hmm. All right. Just because you live next door to the person, I would still be saying, I want to be able to walk Walk through, through walk through your unit every six months. Right. All right. When, when you get, when you're starting to look for people to rent your property, Understand there's going to be people out there that don't have the greatest credit in the world. Right. Okay. But what is my criteria? Yes. I could care less about your credit. I want to know what kind of work do you do? Right. How long have you been doing it? Is it a stable job? I'm going to do, I'm going to get a verification of employment right. on you to make sure that your numbers work. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm going to get a credit report. Right. I could care less about the credit score. Mm-hmm. What do I care about? I want to know how much debt you're carrying. Yes. And your new mortgage payment divided by your income. Are you going to be a viable renter that can afford to make the payment? Right. All right. Those are the the things I've talked about as far as these tips. I will tell you that I think 30% of investors out there don't do. Really? No. Okay. They don't do. Right. And then they end up in trouble. Because they didn't do all of this homework. Mm -hmm. Correct. And that's why I say... I mean, if you're going to think about it, it's like a part-time job or a right. full-time job. Mm-hmm. I know people in this in this neck of the world that's that that's all they do, right? Every day, and mm-hmm. that's how they make their income, right? So you can do it. So you don't, you know, it's not. It's often not a hobby, is what you're saying. You have to take it seriously if, if, you, if you want you to don't be take successful. It, if you don't take it seriously, matter of fact, you should take home ownership seriously. Yes, you should take investing seriously because it's going to be one of your biggest investment vehicles for your life mm-hmm. if you treat it that way. Right. So if you want to really be successful in the future, and you're going, okay, I've already put in some of these other. Things into my my uh, how am I going to be as you said not have all my eggs in one basket mm-hmm. so when you get into this one it really is like let me start with the foundation of talking to the right people so that I can educate myself on how to do this exactly and then and then the other two questions that I always ask people is what is your investment strategy mm-hmm. is it a long term or is it a short term let me give you an example short term investor we're gonna buy the property we're gonna flip it in four to six months okay all right well, there's called an adjustable rate mortgage out there mm-hmm. that has a slightly lower interest rate, and it's only fixed for three years. But why not use an a, an adjustable rate mortgage to buy this property on a three-year arm at a lesser interest rate with the understanding I'm selling in six months anyhow? Right. Well, okay. It's, it, it, I'm, I'm saving my cash flow. Right. I'm earning more profit, you know? 
So that's what it really comes down to is is when people call me about the subject, I love meeting with them. Mm-hmm. I love sitting down with them. I love exploring all the options. But if they don't think I'm going to ask them the tough questions, I'm sorry, that's not me. Well, let's remind everybody how they can sit down with you and you can get all of these questions answered and start the process for not only your individual home ownership, but possibly investing as well. Absolutely. So they can reach me at 651-238-6748. Phil Olson, Amic Home Loans. Right. We appreciate you doing that. I know you have some great deals out there and we can't wait till you're back on the show, Phil. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Happy for the holidays, Red- folks. Thanks for joining us for the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Remember, go to mytalk1071.com, keyword red hot. Paying bills on time? Not maxing out credit cards? Yes, give yourself credit. You can get closer to big goals like home ownership by taking small steps to build up your credit. Level up your credit knowledge at Fannie Mae.com slash credit education. Hey.